Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. So we, we're, we're switching gears. We're going to talk about this concept that, that I feel uh, pretty, pretty passionate about. I think that we can all grow a bunch from, and it's spiritual disciplines, okay? Right. I, right away, hear me now. This is not the, the most exhilarating topic to speak on. It's not actually the most exhilarating topic to engage in, but I think it's extremely necessary. And so basically the the way that we are going to define spiritual disciplines, at least in our time right now, are controlled practices with the intention of growing closer to Christ. So you think about what is a controlled practice with the intention of growing closer to Christ? Well, it's stuff that, that we do on a frequent basis. It's stuff you actually already know. There's prayer, there's fasting, there's worship and celebration. There is solitude and taking uh, time away from everything that's going on. All of that can be spiritual discipline. Okay. All of that can be the intention of growing closer to Christ and we can use it for that purpose. The, the kicker is though, and that this is what I really the hope to communicate to us all today is that for so many of us, we've grown up, maybe perhaps I'd say all of us, we've grown up in a society that communicates there's a transaction that always has to occur in any type of relationship. And it's and in life for sure, but in any kind of relationship, I give something and I get something in return, right? And it, if, I, if I give my love to this person, then they'll at least appreciate me. And if I give my money to this, this uh, thing, I'm going to get some food in return. And we understand that to be the, the basic way that we operate. And so what I put before us is, is that actually has an impact on how we pray. It has an impact on how we read the Bible as well. And all of the other spiritual disciplines. What I, what I would say is that for so many of us, I'd put myself in that camp that, that we, we go to a spot pretty quickly that says, I need to read my Bible so that God will love me more, or that I, good things will happen in my life, or that I will feel like I'm doing the most that I can for good things to happen in my life. I'm, I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to do all of these things so that something good can, can come of it. There, there's something that's pretty deep, I think, inside all of us, and in almost every kind of... Uh, that was really athletic there, Alec. In almost any kind of religion or a man-made system or ideology that just says that the better we are, the, the more behaved that we act, the, the better our life will be for the most part. There are outliers. We understand that. But on average, the harder we work, the more security that we can get. The more we give, the more is given to us. The better friend we are, the richer our relationships will be. That, that's what's communicated. And I would put before us that in the way that we pray and in the way that we connect with God, it, it can seep into there as well. We're taught if we do these spiritual things, our lives will be better. And and so much of it, hear me now, is that, that there's a teaching that is very implicit and it's it's almost unnoticeable. But it's 
spirituality, the act of studying, reading the Bible, doing these spiritual things, it's a means just to an end of good things happening in my life, or me getting to heaven one day. What I would say is that, that was never intended to, that, that was never the intention of Jesus. That's not the intention of Jesus as he's communicating to do these things. As he wants, that's not the heart that he wants us to have as we're approaching him. Amen? So I, I, I would say my job today is just to convince you how harmful this theology is, but then also for, for you to, throughout this whole lesson, really assess, is there some of that that's in the way that I worship God? Because I, I, I put before you that I think you'd be, I, I think you'd be deceived if you said there's none of that, that that's in the way that I worship okay. God. Yeah, yeah. So there's this, uh, there's, there's this class that basically it's kind of a, a workshop thing that a lot of the Midwest uh, the, the Midwest teachers and, and put together that that gave opportunities to take spiritual classes and there it's kind of pseudo college hear me now it's not accredited but honestly the work that I've done is about the level of like a one credit class in college it's kind of how I've equated it to and I, I feel I, I was a good student in school so so I'm not just saying that there was you have to read a book and then go to a weekend long um, Friday Saturday Sunday bit of lessons and then have a final project to do as well. It was, a, it was really about 40, 50, or 60 hours worth of time that you'd really invest into it. And one of the classes that, that you just have an option to take them, so I was going through them, and some of them are about biblical teaching and how to do exegesis, and this one was called spiritual formation. And I'm like, I read the description, and I was like, I don't actually need that. I, I feel like I know how to form myself spiritually. I feel like I can prompt other people to form themselves spiritually. Uh, and it was a class all about the spiritual disciplines. And I, I would say there's, there's, there hasn't been a class that's impacted the way that I look at God and my relationship with him more than, than that class. Actually. And, and I, I say that to say so much of my life was if I do something, then something's going to be given to me. And it, and it just, it, I, I put before us that all of us have a little bit of, of that in the way that we worship God. And I, I want in the, the end of whatever this little bit of time is, but over this, you know, couple month series, I pray that we are so much closer to understanding the real nature of God as He's talking to us. Amen. Let's go. To, let's go to Luke thirteen. We'll actually get in the Bible today. All right, let's do it. The goal of Christianity is not to lift you from your current hamster wheel that is the world and to put you down into a hamster wheel. Nonetheless, but one that leads ultimately to heaven. So the, the goal of Christianity, that's not to put us on this, to take us from this, we understand the rat race in the world, it's not to take us from that and then to put us on a better hamster wheel that, that means that by the end of it we get to heaven. That's not, that's not the goal of Christianity. It's just to take us off the hamster wheel. Okay. That's, that's it. That's all it is. The goal of Christianity, it's just to take us off this hamster wheel. So my, my first point for us this morning is the problem. Uh, it's in it's in Luke 13. I think it communicates a lot. I listened to a sermon that just it, it hit me this week. It says uh, so. It's in Luke 13, um, and in verse verses one through five, we'll read there. It says, "Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices." Jesus answered, "Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way?" I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. 
Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. And so, on the surface, it doesn't connect. So hear me now. So what's going on is Jesus is, is teaching. He's kind of, he's pretty deep into his ministry right now. And these people come up to them and they say, hey, this, this travesty occurred. It would have been a known thing that it, it occurred. It, we, we understand maybe it's a pop culture reference, but what would have happened from what I understand is some kind of political disagreement occurred. So it's happening then too, okay? And, and on top of that, not only that, but then there, there was some kind of behind someone's back, there was a killing and then a real uh, degradation of, of, of the body in whatever type of way to uh, then, then mix it with some kind of drink. And it was just viewed as like this disgusting, horrible thing. What those would say in that time is that, it, was, it, was it their fault? Were they really bad then? Like, who was, who was the bad guy in this? Did this travesty occurred? Who was the bad guy and Jesus stops them and says, no, uh, unless you repent, you're going to perish. And he says it then, it, it, another situation occurs that would have been just commonplace and understood. And he says, this tower that fell, do you think they were bad people that, that it happened to? No, 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 no. But unless you repent, you're going to perish. And so what, what he's doing here, this is the problem with, with how we're taught to live in a transactional way is that the, the reality is, is what they're asking is, okay, did they do something worse than, than whatever we're doing? And we understand even in the Bible that occurs at a, at a different point, Jesus, they, they ask him, hey, are only a few going to be saved? And he just says, make every effort to enter through the narrow, the narrow door. Amen. The reality is that bad things don't happen. It's not a matter of who's worse and who's not. That's what Jesus is saying. The problem, if we view the, the world through this lens, is... is you hold one one there's only two people to blame then right okay so hear me now there's two people to blame if we say that the world is based on transaction and the tower of salome fell on people we can blame the people and we can say well the it's the people's fault because they were unspiritual they must have done something bad to god they just weren't living a good life right it's the people's fault or we can go to a spot of saying well god must not have loved them as much there must be some some issue with god then if he were to look at these people and say, well, whatever they did, it just was not good enough. And I, I he just didn't, didn't care much for them. Okay. If we're going to view our relationships as a, as a transaction with God, then, I, then, then this is the only two lenses that we can view it as. Is either it's, it's our fault when something good or bad happens, or it's God's fault when something bad happens. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, no, we understand that the, the ultimate... Uh, sacrifice or the ultimate tower that 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 fell was he he already took it he died on a cross and he rose from the dead and so we 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 know you guys can just write it down it's in Romans 6 23 it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord you know if if our view is entrenched that that in the idea that good things happen when I'm good then there's really no reason to give thanks to God. Because good things happening is just a matter of what you do and how good you act. There, there, is, there is an entitlement that, that falls and that, that you can see and it is 
it is obvious. And even just being on campus for a couple of days, I should say it's obvious. Just hearing how people talk and hearing, well, it's roughly, all religions are roughly the same. You just do good to people and then good things get done to you. And at the end of the day, and I'm like, man, that is so far from the truth. That is not the gospel message at all. There's no reason to give thanks to God if, if we're going to view ourselves as, as having some kind of impact on, on what good happens to us. When you think about the, the opposite then, what if we just said nothing, we don't deserve anything good, we deserve the tower to fall on us, we deserve in whatever kind of messed up way for, for Pilate to mess with us, we deserve that. The, the thing that's happened though is that Jesus, as he so often does, says, I'm not going to give that to you, I'm going to give you something way better. And if we live in that lens, I think we'll be a lot more grateful to God and we'll actually grow a lot closer. I, I would put before us that our relationship with him will, will be way less on this transaction and way more on, I just want to spend time with my Lord. Yeah, yeah. This idea of there, there just being a, a wage versus a gift and and understand this I, I i don't want it to be dark i just want to i want to paint the picture of of the way that i know for me how so often i can interact with spirituality but i put before you probably you as well we can view that that the wage we earn is not being death i think we, so often we can earn the wage that that we earn as being as being something pretty good or something not that bad and and how i earn this wage is by acting in a good way i says no there's there's a free gift that's eternal life in christ jesus that's given if, if you follow God and commit to him, it's given freely and it's given regardless of how pious you look on the outside, okay? Spirituality, it's not a means to an end. So, so my, second, my second point is the solution. And work with me here. This is really, this is, this is difficult to embrace. And so we understand the problem to be this transactional mindset and, and how it can seep in, then then the solution is to pursue these spiritual disciplines just for the sake of pursuing God. Okay. Yeah. And and hear me now. You can go to, to Psalm forty two. I I bet as I as I, as I this is how it affected me. I bet you're a little bit scared. If you're picking up everything that I think you're probably a little bit fearful to not view your relationship with God as just being a transaction. I know I am. There's just a little bit of fear that if I don't view it as a transaction, then I'm not going to love him as much. I'm not going to spend as much time connecting with him. I'm not going to talk about him to my friends. I'm not, I'm going, if I just embrace the reality that he loves me because he loves me, then, then I'm not going to do as much for him. And what I would say is you're in good company if you feel that, but that is so far from the truth. Psalm 42 says, as, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the, the festive throng. And then go, go to Psalm 63. This phrasing, though, it comes up a couple of times, and I really wanted to bring it up 
as a, as a question for you and I, is this, is this how we feel in our relationship with God? It says in, in Psalm 63, 1, you, my God, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. So pause here. These, these two uh, psalmists, we understand them to, at least, at least we understand them to be two different people or a group of one in, in Psalm 40, 42 and then, and then David in, in Psalm 63. But this phrasing that I'm, I just feel parched and I need to spend time with God. I just need God. And so this, this is the heart that we ought to have as we pursue him, as we, as we study the Bible, as we pray. The heart of, I, if I pray for something to happen, that's fine. If I pray for this person to make it, that's fine. If I pray for uh, a new job or more spirit, that's, that's fine. But if it doesn't happen, that's okay. My, my whole intention is to connect with God. And, and if we do this I, and just trust that anything good that happens has to be from him, I think our relationships with him are only going to grow. I was, it's, it's a scare. It's a, it's a fearful thing. I remember talking to uh, somebody, and this is he's actually a friend of mine now, but, uh, well, he was a friend. He was a friend then, just not a very close one. <laughs> he was a very close one. Uh, okay, so I, I, I got together with him on a frequent basis. This is back in Milwaukee, and... So often we would meet and talk and there would always be, there was something a little bit wrong about the way that he was viewing God. And it was so much of this and I, I just couldn't put words to it. It was so much that I, I need to do this. I need to do this. And there's a duty and not really a, a love there. And, um, and, I, and I remember talking to him and just communicating. And he was also at this time, he was a, a smoker as well. And I, I remember just saying, hey, hey, bro, what's, what is going on here? Um, there, there's something that, that's missing and he was able to identify it in his life and it took him years to change it he's still a faithful brother now but he just shared he was like you know, I, I realize that the way that I've done things for so long in, in spirituality and in life has gotten me to this spot and he was living a, a good life he's a 3.98 GPA something like that he has an awesome job now he was literally on he was just on his path to success, you'd look at him and say, you're doing something right with your life. You know, I, parents would look and say, be more like this person. I, I, I can bet. So I, I figured out that I can do a lot of things and I've done them this way for so long. And so it works. But what you're telling me is that it just, it, it still isn't working enough. And I'm so scared that if I give up this, this, if I give up smoking or if I give up this ideology of how I view God, then what's going to happen is that I'm, I'm going to become less successful. I'm going to run away from God. I'm not going to do the things that, that I already do. And what I told him is that I, I, I understand those fears, but that's so far from the truth. Right. And so for, for you and I, whatever the, the fears you have to give up this idea that, that based on how good we behave towards God, there's, there's good things that happen. Whatever fear you have, I would say to try 
work very hard to leave it at the door. Work yeah. very hard to fight through and and just it's it's going to be so rewarding. I, I know for my life, it's it's changed so much. I, there's been so much, so many more times where I'm able to give God glory because I know that it's really nothing cool that I did or impressive that I've done. It's just God deciding the work. And and it's allowed me then when bad things happen to say, well, it's just that's what that's that's what I one, that's what I deserve, fine. But that's okay. It's okay if bad things happen because it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm doing bad things. If, and and there's a freeing uh, component to all of this. Uh, now I wanna I wanna close here with with a challenge and then and then uh, and then with a quote. The, the challenge is is to take 20 minutes today or tomorrow and write down all of the reasons why you do good things. 20 minutes today or tomorrow. Write down all of the reasons why you do good things. Because we'd get arrested if we didn't. Because that's why I don't want to, you know, get an earful from the wife. I'm, I'm not saying for myself. I'm saying for, for some of you guys, uh, I've, you know, because because I really I really want to help people, you know, get to a good spot with God. All of these things I on a list of horrible to noble. I think there's a, there's a. There's a pretty, there's a lot of noble reasons why we do spiritual things, but, but the noblest of them all is just to connect with God. And that's, that's really where I hope to direct our attention over these next couple of months. You know, as, as we, as we prepare our hearts to take communion, I I want to, uh, I want to read a quote by, um, by, uh, by a preacher. And I, I, I read this. Because I, I was listening this week, and and it connected very closely. You know, the idea of heaven, and the reason why we do all of these things is is to get to heaven. And, and it was it seemed to answer itself pretty quickly. It says, "The critical question for our generation, and for every generation, is this: If you could have heaven with no sickness, and with all the friends you've ever had on earth." and all the food you ever liked, and all the leisure activities you ever enjoyed, and all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted, no human conflict or any natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ were not there? And we understand deep in our souls the answer is the answer is no. We there's no way for us to be satisfied if Christ were not there. And and so let us make every effort then while we're here to to walk as near to him and to act as much like him as possible. Amen. Right now we're gonna we're gonna pray for communion, remembering his sacrifice uh, on the cross. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, we, we, we love you, Father. We're grateful for the opportunity to, um, to take communion, to be here, to be able to worship you. Lord, we want to grow closer to you. God, we, we understand that, that all of the pleasures on earth and all of the, the good things, God, it, it wouldn't be enough for us if you were not here as well. It, it, it could not be enough for us to spend eternity with all of the what we'd identify as pleasures and good things, if 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 you're not with us as well, Father, and in fact, uh, we we would prefer, uh, God, we would prefer 
poverty and we would prefer prefer starvation if it meant you were right by our side then we'd prefer any of the good things without you jesus thank you so much for your your sacrifice on the cross thank you so much for dying for us and and giving us an opportunity to to live for you lord thank you so much this is in jesus's name that we pray amen Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.